0: Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay on Wednesday, November the 24th. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. And our top story is that a Chatham man who sent a fake bomb to a COVID vaccine factory has been jailed for more than two years. The site in Wrexham had to be evacuated and a controlled explosion carried out when the parcel arrived in January. As we told you in an earlier podcast, Anthony Collins from Chatham Hill was found guilty following a trial. Well, police have now released footage of the moment he was arrested.
1: Tony. Hello sir. Hello sir, how are you? Alright. Are you dressed? Yeah. Right, I'm just taking that straight off of you, okay? Yeah. Cool. All right Tony. Yeah. Confirm your surname for me? Sorry? Confirm your surname for me? Collins. Okay, do you know why we're here? No sir, don't know. Right, let's take a seat. sit sit out for me please. Yes, yes. no problem. Uh. Tony, at this point in time you are under arrest, okay? What all for right, sir? Right, give me a second and we will explain all. You are under arrest on suspicion of a hoax bomb call. Okay, and we at that is a hoax, hoax bomb call. Call? Yeah, and I'll give you the exact details of it shortly. I have made no call, sir. Okay, bear with a second, we'll give you the exact details. Yeah, but if you could explain yeah. to oh, well, I'm, yeah. I'm talking uh, to you, I'm yeah, telling I you. Know, no, no, you're right. Yeah, okay, cool. Lovely. Uh, so, for that, you are under arrest, okay? Yes, so, you don't have to say yeah. anything, but man with defence, you do not mention in question, some should place in court, anything do so, they may be given an evidence, all right? Yes,
0: sir. You can see that video in full within the story at Kent Online. The 54-year-old had previously been convicted of stalking presenter Sarah Cox in 2017. During the trial, it also emerged he'd sent a parcel before to Kent Police. Well, Detective Inspector Adam Marshall was part of the investigation team. He's been giving his reaction to the sentencing to our court reporter, Paul Hooper. To
2: secure a conviction and a 27-month custodial sentence is a really good result. Um, You know, he would have conducted... Research and uh, selected uh, a target for uh, maximum impact, and um, um, he knew full well uh, that uh, that his actions would induce such an emergency response. um, And um, satisfied because with the outcome.
3: Yeah, is there um, there could be a tendency listening to giving evidence? This is a nutter. He's just a nutter. But do you think it was more sinister?
2: I think. um, I think when you look at the previous offending um, and um, the previous package which was um, sent to Kent Police in 2018, um, I, I do believe that um, he, he he tweaked the way in which he wanted to present the package to make sure that um, it was seen as suspicious. Um, hence we saw, um, after the controlled um, detonation by the uh, uh, bomb disposal team, batteries at the calculator, yeah. the wiring, circuitry, yeah. um, to um, make sure that anyone who came across the package deemed it suspicious and um, and thought it could be a viable device. Um, so um, I, um, I, I, I think the planning, I think the research into identifying the location to send it for that maximum impact um, to show there is some level of planning, yes.
3: Looking back, that it wasn't your decision, do you think they should have been prosecuted on the first time that he's sent the package to kent police um,
2: the circumstances are different um the contents of the package are different, different yeah. um the uh, package sent to kent police um, contained um uh, uh, uh items uh, which wouldn't be consistent with a viable device um, hence he has tweaked his um and changed the way in which he wants to present a package to ensure he uh, Received and induced uh, yeah. the response you did know, on this time, on this occasion. Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, they're complete two separate incidents, uh, complete two sets of de- decision making based on different circumstances. Yeah. Um, but as you heard in the trial, um, certainly impacted on um, the uh, the uh, the package sent to North Wales in January.
3: What message do you think this sends out to people?
2: I think it's um it is that uh, if um, you engage in such activity, whether it's Um, a hoax um, or or not then uh, you'd be robustly dealt with Um, the fact that um, the package was sent from Kent and in sent to North Wales uh, a testament to the the information sharing amongst police forces how quickly, how swiftly, how efficiently we identified Anthony Collins how quickly he was arrested and how quickly uh, we dealt with him and then retrieved the other letters in the system to other um, uh, 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 high profile individuals
0: Kent Online News Other top stories today and a Kent man who groomed and sexually abused a child has been jailed for six years. Darren Elphick worked as a bell ringer at a church near his home in Aylesford until his arrest in 2018. A court's heard how the 50-year-old from Station Road bought the victim expensive gifts and paid to top up her mobile phone. Serious crime detectives have been called in to help search for a missing Kent mum. 34-year-old Alexandra Morgan was last seen at a petrol station in Sissinghurst on Remembrance Sunday. Sunday. police say they're growing increasingly concerned as she hasn't contacted her children in nine days on the website you can see pictures of alexandra and her car a man who hid in an alleyway off gravesend high street before stealing a woman's handbag has been jailed cctv footage shows the 23 year old cycling up behind the victim who was in her 60s and dragging her over during the robbery last november he used her bank cards to buy alcohol and cigarettes in a nearby shop and has been locked up for almost four years. An investigation is underway following a suspected arson attack at a Kent museum. Firefighters were called to Ramsgate's Maritime Museum in East Crosswall yesterday evening. Crews managed to stop it spreading and reduce smoke damage. They've told us no one was injured, but the blaze is thought to have been started deliberately. Now, the Kent Online podcast has been hearing about the work that's been done over the past year to transform a troubled estate in Maidstone, a task force involving the police, council and housing association has been working in the Shepway part of town, which has suffered from high levels of crime and poor health. More than 175 arrests have been made and 350 stop and searches. They've also seized designer clothes, watches, cars and drugs. Earlier in the year, we told you how gold. Homes plans to transform the area by knocking down old flats and building new homes and a shopping area. Well I've been speaking to Martin Jeans who's from the task
4: force. Basically it's two wards within the Mason area that's uh, a kind of quite an urban area uh, with a lot of social housing um, so um, but combined with some areas with some more affluent properties and what we were finding was the the residents in that area there was um, some elements some families that were we were seeing cycles of issues where um, we were looking at young men and young women that were getting involved in things that they shouldn't do that mirrored some of their uh, some of the behavior of their parents and grandparents even so what we wanted to do was understand that Sometimes it's not about policing a problem. Sometimes it's about understanding what are the drivers that are, are pulling people into that type of behaviour.
0: So over the past year, can you tell me a bit about the work that you've been doing and, in fact, how successful it's been?
4: We've been looking at not only focusing and targeting some of those that were the root cause of some of the issues. So those that were preying on vulnerable people in the area, those that were intent on supplying substances for for the substance misuse issues um, and addictions, um, but also um, looking at the kind of the underlying root cause. So as an as an example, if you if you remove a uh, a, a drug Um, operation within an area um, if there's still a market for said drug operation then then somebody else will fill its space so what we've tried to do is take that two-pronged approach of not only dealing with removing the problem the person supplying the drugs but also looking to support those that were addicted and needing those those um, those addiction understanding what's led them down that path it's a fine balance to be found because it's obviously it's a community that um we respect massively um, and, and want to support. And it's not about everybody in that community being disadvantaged, but it's about understanding that there are a few that are disproportionately more disadvantaged than the others. And we really wanted to put a joined up um, support mechanism around those individuals. We've demonstrated some significant um, levels of policing, um, some significant increases in stop searches, um, some really well executed warrants um, to and some significant seizures but what we've also done is we've worked with golden homes to open up a new community hub on the Northumberland avenue shopping parade which has allowed us to deliver uh, services on the doorstep of people so we've put, we introduced a drop-in service with Clarion uh, domestic abuse service so the people who've' concerns about domestic abuse can drop in and get some advice we've also with uh, change grow live uh, set up a substance misuse uh, drop-in session as well so people with addictions can uh, that are already known to the service can drop in and get their support closer to home
0: it sounds like you've done some amazing stuff and i know golding homes obviously have huge plans for that particular part of town as well what do you think the future is looking like for shepway then
4: i think it's looking really positive and i think we've 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 really worked hard to make sure that this there is a legacy involved in what we're doing. Um, our, the first part of our journey was around creating the task force, getting the partners to join up and share information and start to understand what it was that everybody could bring to the party. The second phase was around identifying the most vulnerable, those most prolific offenders and and dealing with them in the most proactive way possible by um, supporting them or moving them on or, or ultimately policing the problem. Um, and this final phase that we're, we're in now has been around kind of engaging with that community, creating a legacy so that in years to come we will be able to see the benefit. We'll see that the 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 disproportionate differences in in health and crime will be closer than it was before and we're not going to flip it on its head in one period but it, it will be uh, for us for for uh, i think us and for the management team within it we understand that this is a uh, this is about a journey and about a legacy of improvement rather than going in fixing the problem and walking away it's, and there's no sticky plaster solution here this is about long-term support long-term collective efforts to ultimately improve that community and the work that Golden Homes are planning and the support services that we've put in are going to will change the face of Shepway forever. Kent Online reports.
0: Latest figures show a rise in coronavirus deaths in Kent. 27 were recorded in the week to November the 12th up from 22 in the previous seven days. Covid cases have also increased by a fifth in the space of a week with about 8,350 people testing positive in the seven days to last Thursday. 165 patients are currently being treated in the county's hospitals. Bosses in Kent have apologised to a mum of four who had to keep her eldest daughter away from school for three months because she couldn't afford the £500 a week taxi fares. Carol Angus' 12-year-old was due to start at Grange Park School in Sevenoaks, 30 miles from her Sittingbourne home, in September. She says the county council told her to cover the costs herself and claim it back, but she didn't have the money. Well, KCC now says a taxi firm has been employed so her daughter can attend school. At Kent Online today, you can read about how the number of criminal lawyers leaving the profession is making it increasingly difficult to clear the backlog of cases at Kent's courts. A judge in Canterbury has recently delayed a trial until June next year after calls to more than 40 chambers failed to find a barrister to represent a man accused of historic sex crimes. It's feared it'll also lead to increased stress for victims as they face longer waits for justice. A GP surgery just outside Canterbury is set to close amid claims it'll no longer be able to operate safely because of new housing. Bosses at the practice in chillum have applied to shut down the branch following the approval of 10 homes on neighbouring land the development's been backed by Ashford Council who've dismissed concerns about accidents and dangerous parking arrangements. A Kent author's book about an asylum seeker who's crossed the Channel to Dover has been shortlisted for a top award. Manjeet Man is among 20 writers up for the 2021 Costa Book Awards which are now in their 50th year. She's been telling us about The Crossing and says it's a story of hope, grief and the very real tragedies of the refugee crisis. She's been speaking to Lucy.
5: The Crossing is about two teenagers from opposite worlds you have um, Sammy who lives in Eritrea and Natalie who lives in Dover. Um, Sammy has fled his home and family in Eritrea for a chance of a new life in Europe Um, and Natalie's just lost her mum and she's really trying to like figure things out and her brother's joined a far right group and marches the streets of Dover and Natalie decides to swim the channel to help refugees, um, which really angers her brother. Um, But a twist of fate brings both of these two teenagers um, together and kind of gives them both hope. And so the novel is told through the lens of both Natalie and Sammy. They're the narrators of their own story and the novel flows back and forth between both of them. So uh, yeah, I won't give too much away, but that's about it really. (laughs) Well,
6: that sounds great. And what made you want to write about this subject? It was a long
5: time in the making to be honest. Um, I first, um, the seeds of the idea were first kind of sown, gosh, when I first moved to where I live now, which is on the Kent coast, and um, so that was back in like 2012, and even then there was a lot of kind of like tensions in the town that I felt growing tensions around refugees unemployment um DFLs as we were called down from London folk causing gentrification so the Anis felt kind of tangible in a way and I really sort of felt it I think we feel it more on the coast than perhaps anywhere else in the country refugees like you know coming onto our shores like we see it pretty much every day um, this all kind of reached a crisis point I think what 2016 to 2018 a lot of far-right demonstrations across the UK we've had quite a few big ones in Dover um, and then at the same time I do work in the community um, I do a lot of drama workshops and stuff um, and I was working with refugee groups at the time And then also, obviously, where we live, there's a huge channel swimming community as well. And so that felt a little bit sort of like juxtaposed with kind of like people channel swimming as a kind of sport and then people making that same crossing for their lives to save their lives, basically. And so it just kind of felt like all these three things, the rise of the far right, channel swimming, the refugee crisis, all felt like it needed to... It all lived in one story, all felt like it made up the fabric of the town that I was living in. Um, And I just kind of wanted to make sense of it really. And I kind of wanted to um, tell a story that would help build understanding and and empathy. Uh, So it was a story that started back in 2012 and I didn't actually write until 2019. So yeah, it was living in my head for a very, very long time until I felt like it was right. And I knew what I was writing and I knew what I wanted to say.
6: Yeah. And like you say, this refugee issue, you know, the channel crossings, it's as big now as it probably was when you started writing it. You know, we hear about this kind of thing almost every day. And some people do have really negative attitudes towards refugees. Are you hoping that your book could change that?
5: Yeah, I hope so. Uh, In a way, um, I do hope so. I think that's why I kind of like writing for teenagers, because I feel like they're at that kind of age where they can really sort of, um, they're like a bit of a sponge, really, and they can really take things in. And so I'm really hoping that sort of, you know, get the message in early (laughs) and it might sort of help build empathy. And that's kind of what I want from the book. I just want people to read it and build some compassion and and, and empathy. I think the story is really about connection about two teenagers Yes, they're from opposite sides of the world but there's a lot of similarities of course there are lots of differences as well but it's basically saying hey we're all part of the human race and you know let's just understand each other and yeah just try to get rid of some of the misinformation as well.
6: Absolutely and, and how important is it that stories like this are told and I imagine that's why the the Costa Award have sort of signaled out your book and you're up up for this award because it's such an important thing to be talking about I think it's important that people get to hear different stories
5: and I think um, there's been a real push um, in publishing to kind of diversify uh, the stories that are being told because um, there wasn't much diversity before Um, so I just sort of think the more people can read not only people like me in terms of like oh i finally seeing myself in books um, but also it's just as important to read different experiences and different people's stories and that all helps build a more empathetic uh, and understanding world you know so I think it's just yeah it's really important that different stories are being told from different perspectives from people from all over the world I think that's the way we can all move forward.
6: And what kind of response have you had, obviously, other than being nominated for this fantastic award? um, What have your your readers so far made of it? Actually, when I uh, when the book first came out,
5: I did um, a lot of um, Zoom calls to all the schools in Kent. So throughout Dover and uh, Folkestone uh, to the secondary schools. And actually, I had a couple of teachers get in touch with me afterwards and say, your book has actually changed some of the opinions of some of the students in the class who had very negative um, viewpoint in terms of refugees and stuff and she said and you've actually changed their their point of view and I was like whoa like that's the biggest you know okay there are Costa Awards and Carnegie nominations but that that is probably one of the biggest and best reviews that I can get.
0: Well, category winners will be announced in January with the overall prize handed out the following month. Kent Online reports. A winter wonderland event at the Kent Showground has been cancelled. It was supposed to take place in Detling near Maidstone on the weekend of the 11th and 12th of December with Christmas music, a funfair, stalls and firework display. Organisers say they've made the decision partly because of rising COVID cases across Europe. At Kent Online, this is one of our most read stories Today, you can see first pictures inside a new £5 million bar and restaurant opening in Ashford. Stubbs in the Kennington part of town has replaced the former Croft Hotel and has an oyster bar and bistro. It was bought by husband and wife restaurateurs back in 2018 after plans to put homes on the site fell through. Sheppey could get a new pier and marina. A multi million pound plan to redevelop part of the coast at Queenborough has been put forward and it would be the first new pier to be built in England for years. The area previously had. Had two peers, and the people behind the idea think it would breathe new life into the town. Market towns and coastal areas have been named today as the happiest places to live in the UK. According to Rightmove, Move, community spirit is the driving factor. Sadly, nowhere in Kent has made it into their list of the top 20. You can let us know if you think you live in a happy part of the county by dropping us a message via our socials. And also on socials today, we'd like to know if you think there's enough support available for working mums. Now, this is all after MP Stella Creasy was told she shouldn't have brought her three-month-old into the Commons during a debate. She says she had no other option as she doesn't get maternity cover. Well, the Speaker has said the rules are now going to be reviewed, but we'd like to know what you think. And it goes much further, of course, than being an MP. Perhaps you've just had a baby and are wanting to go back to work. We'd like to know your story. And this will also be the topic of discussion on The Lowdown on our Facebook Live tonight from 6. Kent Online Sports. A Kent MP is Expected to recommend an independent regulator for English football later. Former sports minister and Chatham rep Tracy Crouch has been running a fan led review into how the game is run, with details due to be published tonight. It was commissioned by the government following the failed attempt to create a European Super League in April. Staying with football, and there was more disappointment for Gillingham last night as they lost to Cheltenham Town. The Gills were beaten 2 0 at Priestfield and are now just one point above the League One relegation zone. Manager Steve Evans spoke to us. After after
3: the game. Well, I think the one thing we know is that the players have given us ever, absolutely everything, um, despite what players we've got to pick from. But I think tonight my overview is it's based on who takes chances. We miss three golden opportunities to score. They have three chances and take two of them. I think arguably we should defend both better um, and not give up those chances. Um, and it looks a bit more comfortable for them when they're two up in. We're having to throw 16- and 17-year-old boys onto the pitch just to try and protect the lads that are, that probably done miracles to get to 80 minutes for us. Muzzy trained once last week and played 15 minutes of crew. Shouldn't be anywhere near us. All Lee trained yesterday for 10 minutes, coming back from two broken toes. Shouldn't have be been anywhere near us. But the one thing about both those lads, they've got huge hearts and want to play football and want to help us. That's why we've had to put them in. The opposite is what? Start the, start the boys that were on the bench... Some people think they should play at this football club i don't totally different opinions if it wasn't for the dressing room i'd be going to, me to think about what i'm going to do tomorrow but my dressing room's give me everything and i watch that with more eyes nice. i don't need you guys to tell me or supporters to tell me you can see the supporters know your players have given absolutely everything young harvey is probably two years away from playing the first team. two and a bit years away and we they play, to play young gerald is young joe is five six years away if they'll ever become first team players because it's a huge gap but we we have no option. Same as we had no option tonight but try and get Ollie into the team and a more experienced ten if you like and get Mustafa into the team. But you could see it at 45 minutes, they're sitting in the dressing room and the boys have <laughs> the boys have got nothing left, but we're asking them to go back out and see if they can find something. Um but the game will never change, it's not about who we pick and who we don't pick, the game's about goals. We missed opportunities to score. They took opportunities to score. And we we probably not probably just from my set. I'll watch it back. We should do better
0: with both goals. And the Jills will host Portsmouth in their next match on Saturday. And in cricket, day two of England's first Ashes warm up match has been called off because of rain. Kent Zach Crawley is with the squad in Australia ahead of their opening test in Brisbane next month. England made it to 98 without loss on day one before the weather stopped action. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can also get access to the ad free Kent Online premium site by subscribing at kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.